those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are those, they shall be filled. Happy are the starved. <laughs> You're hungry. We talked about last week that we're a people to, that, that are to hunger and thirst after righteousness. And we're a people that, you know, when, when we have maybe a slice of bread, that actually we hunger for the whole loaf of the bread. Or when we, we have a glass of water that we, we actually thirst for the whole pitcher of water. And, and we go way beyond there because there's so much more to God than what we've experienced. But God says, if you'll seek me with all of your heart, he says, you'll find me. And so we're coming before you today, Lord, and asking that you would impart this hunger and thirst for righteousness. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would stir that in our hearts and give us an appetite for you, O oh God, an appetite that, yes, we're content, but yet the paradox of that is, is yet we're even more hungry. And so, dear God, we ask you to do that today because blessed, happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It certainly is a verse that describes a blessing that I want to live in for the rest of my life. I, want, I don't ever want to lose my hunger for more of God. Now, I have God, yes, so it sounds like that's a contradiction. It's not. And the way we express that is we're hungry for God. And we noticed last week that, that actually Jesus was kind of like he, was, uh, he put on the first commercials, as it may be said. You know, when you see something on TV repetitively and all that, you begin to like it. You don't just see it one time. But they know, the advertisers know, the more you put it in front of people, the more that they're going to sometimes lust after it or want it. Well, Jesus is, is obviously giving us the analogy here of, of hunger because we have hunger. We know what that is. And we have thirst. And so he's given us a direct illustration of how it is. But we are to have a spiritual appetite. And when we look at the Beatitudes, actually they're pointing to the fact that we realize without Jesus we're completely spiritually bankrupt. We have nothing. We're no, there were nobody. We, we realize that we try the pleasures of the world and they don't work. We tried all these things and nothing works except the fullness of Christ dwelling in your hearts. So is it a, even a possibility of maintaining a longing for God in our lives? Is that something that just comes and goes and there's not much we can do about it? Or is there a way to nourish that desire? You know, I've told you that my life, I desire, my prayer is, is that uh, I would have an awareness of God in my life 24-7. There would be none of these breaks that sometimes when I get into the other things of life and all that, that I would ever, ever move away from the reality of knowing that I am in the presence of the Lord. And you and I are in the presence of the Lord right now. He is here. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you no matter what. He's here now. And whether or not we are tuned in to his frequency, he's speaking to us. He never contradicts his word, but he impresses on us. He leads us. He directs us. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And the Bible says he will direct your paths. Now, I believe the word of God. And I believe that he will direct our, our paths if we trust in him with all of our heart. I don't doubt that. I do not somehow diminish the power of the word of God because I believe it's exactly what he says. If God said it, I believe it, that settles it, okay? And yet sometimes when we go through life, we get disconnected as it may be. We're not, God's still with us, 
But sometimes he feels different distance from us. It's because we've maybe moved away from God in that sense of, of the reality of God's presence. And so we see here hunger and thirst actually are uh, active uh, Greek words which indicate a continual attribute. In other words, it's possible for you and me to, to be characterized as people who hunger and thirst after righteousness. It is active. It's not something that stops and starts. It's not a, uh, a sometimes a, just, a, you know, again, a stopping and starting. It continues there. And so, but if you're like me, there are different times when that hunger and desire for more intensity with the Lord is more intense than at other times here. So how do we nurture our spiritual appetite? I want to look at several things here. First of all is we are to taste and see that the Lord is, is good. Taste is an experiential word, tasting. You taste something. And, you know, I, I'm one who I, I love Shipley's Donuts. And I don't know about you, but I can take a Shipley's Donut and I'll come in and have in my mind that I'm not going to eat but only one. And if a box is sitting in front of me, more than likely, I'm going to go after another one. They're so good, especially when they're hot and, you know, they've got that sugary coating on it and so forth, which I know we're not supposed to have and all this. But it's like it's kind of like the Lay's potato chip commercial. You just can't eat one, right? You're tasting and seeing that it's got good. You, have you, has anybody here tasted and seen that God is good? Can you raise your hand? Hallelujah. He's good all the time. One of the things the devil does is that he will come against you to somehow try for you to doubt that maybe there's just a little bit of break in God's character and maybe he's not good some of the times. That's one thing he does. Maybe uh, he, he throws that at you. And, you know, um, you know, you talk about dressing. My mother-in-law, Cindy's mom, could make the best dressing in the world, I'm telling you. It was cornbread dressing, and she would make... The, the cornbread, and put it in those old iron skillets. Y'all know about those things? I don't know about you, but a lot of the younger generation, they've moved away. They don't even know what an iron skillet is, but those who cook, they do. But she put it in there, and then she'd crumble it up in the dressing and put the, uh, <clears throat> the turkey's drippings and so forth in there and, and fix a dressing with the celery, all the eggs. Oh, it's so good, you know. Just tasting that, and you think about it. And I could eat my weight in that stuff. Let me tell you, it's so good, Right? And, and so, so you, know, you know, I know other people who will eat nothing but the dressing made by, you know, maybe a different way and so forth. Why? It's because, obviously, they acquire a taste for certain foods here. And before that happens, we have to try it out. And, and that's why David is passionate when he says, Psalm 4, 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. It was a day when I took and tasted that the Lord is good, and, and I just wanted more and more. There was a time when someone explained to me the grace of God, and I experienced the grace of God. You said, see, and it caused me to want more, the grace of God. There's a time when, when in my fellowship with the Lord that I sensed His presence and aware of His presence in a way, and, and it filled me with joy. It filled me with humility. And I wanted more and more and more. I've told you about my trip to Ecuador a couple years ago. And, you know, we were, I was with some friends of the pastor who I've known for years down there. And we were sitting at uh, the breakfast table of the pastor and we were studying the word and we were praying together. It was a, a friend of the pastor and her daughter, Monica and Nicole. And, and uh, we began to pray and the presence of the Holy Spirit came into the kitchen and descended upon us and, and just just almost like we we went i don't know we just kind of were in the presence of glory and 
And we sat there, and finally, after the presence of the Lord kind of lifted and all, we looked at the clock, and we had been sitting in the presence of the Lord for two and a half hours. I thought it was maybe five or ten minutes. In the presence of the Lord, there's no essence of time. We know that. When we get to heaven, we won't have to wear our Rolexes and so forth. I'm not talking, and I'm not saying you've got a Rolex. I'm saying I've got an Invicta, so it's a cheap Invicta. But we won't have to because we won't. But let me tell you, I've tasted him. He's real. He's alive. I want more and more. And, and, and that seems like that's just a contradic- contradiction, but it's not. I want more. You see, I guarantee you why you're here today is because you're hungry for God. You're hungry to know him more intimately. You're hungry for a deeper relationship with him. Or you wouldn't be here. You'd be out on doing something else because there are a lot of things you can do on Sunday morning. But you've decided to be in here. So there's a reason why God has said, hey, come on, let's get into church today. It's because you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness. And that should be stirred up in our hearts, in my heart. And it's being stirred in my heart. And I know it's being stirred in yours. The second thing is we need to acknowledge our need for spiritual nourishment, okay? It's important to nourish your spirit. Uh, as well as your body. And I know that exercise there, I, I try to run not as quick as I've always told you as I used to, but I try to stay uh, a little bit in shape anyway and so forth. But you know, actually, Paul says that your spiritual exercise, your spiritual way of being in the right condition is more important than your exercise. And Jesus made a, a similar statement when he quoted Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, and he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, by, by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. He understood of the necessity of feeding upon God what God says when he taught us, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. He had more in mind than just physical food, although we pray for our physical food, but he prayed that our spiritual appetite would be filled and, and overflowing, and, and we would crave more and more here. And we need to look to the Father daily to ask Him to feed us spiritually here because I believe many people who actually may be saved, but they're spiritually dry. They're like, I need nourishment here. The third thing is, is to intentionally eat healthy food. You know, Peter says in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. Haven't you tasted that God is gracious? Oh, I've tasted him. I've experienced him in that way. David is saying in Psalm 119, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. If I have no taste for the Word of God, we need to go back and find out where I lost that taste. God wants to restore you today. If you'll just go back to that place the same way where maybe in the joy, I had to go back with the Lord and say, where did I lose my joy of the Lord? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Go back and ask God to take you back and then to restore that joy, restore that taste for the Word of God because one of the terrible judgments that came on Israel for their disobedience was a famine for the Word of God. Listen to what it says in Amos chapter 8. Behold, the days are coming, saith the Lord, that I'll send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread and nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro seeking the Lord, the Word of the Lord, but shall not find it. In that day... 
the fair virgins and strong men, young men, shall faint from thirst. You know, I don't want to take for granted that God speaks to us today. He speaks through the sermons, by His grace, by His Spirit here. He speaks through prophetic utterances. I know that He's spoken here to us in the Bible. And the wonderful thing is we can open the Word of God and God may just reveal the Word. And it may jump off the page at us. You're saying, that's for me. This Word is for me. And God steals that as He quickens us by His Spirit here. But a famine of hearing the word of the Lord, I want to tell you, that would be a crisis, a, a terrible quiet crisis when God says, I'm stopped speaking. In the days of Eli, the Bible says the word of the Lord was rare. Sin had brought famine of hearing the words of the Lord. You know, and I can craft a sermon without God here, but if the Spirit of God does not take and illumine and reveal the words of God, obviously it may just be some type of good talk and so forth. But I want to tell you today, God's Spirit is willing. If we have hearts that are ready, hearts that are hungry, hearts that are listening to the Word of God, and hearts that will obey the Word of God. God said to Joshua chapter 1, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, and that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Everything dependent upon continual engagement with the Word of God, reading it, hearing it, obeying it, meditating upon it. And when we place that kind of certainly value on the Word of God, we read it with hunger. We desire to know more. How many of you maybe just picked up the Word of God and you said, I'm going to read the Word of God, and you catch yourself going even further along, and something begins to stir down deep in your spirit, man, because you're just reading the Word of God. It's so powerful. Just reading and beginning to meditate upon it, and it begins to, like, nourish your soul. We see, we, we don't want to get where there's a famine of the Word of the Lord, and I believe that's why a lot of people in are not in church any, anymore. They, they've sinned against the Lord and there's sin in their life and, and God is ready to forgive, but they said no and their pride keeps them from coming back in today because I want to tell you otherwise, this place would be packed out with people in this place. But it's a famine of the word of God in the lives of those in our community and our beyond in this country called the United States of America. It's a famine that we have. Amos said that the, obviously the judgment of God will be because there will be a famine of the Word of God. We need the, the Word of God. Have you ever heard the old expression is, man, the preacher stepped on my toes today? Well, the preacher steps on my toes every week. I don't know if you all know it or not, and I don't always confess it, okay? Because I'd be saying it all the time. But God is speaking to you when the preacher steps on your toes. God is saying something to you. And the reality is, if we'll listen to him, and we're willing to obey him, it's good that the preacher steps on our toes in that case. But we're not paying attention. That hunger begins to fade and begins to go away. And you, you become, and you're in a famine state there. The fourth thing is, avoid appetite killers, okay? I believe that certainly many times, you know, junk food. <laughs> Cindy was reading here uh, as we stopped through McDonald's this morning, don't tell anybody. We, we got. <laughs> uh, I like things of McDonald's. Okay, I know it has a bad reputation, but obviously they're making a big profit. Somebody, somebody's like us. We stopped in, and and Cindy said, "Look, McDonald's has got a a new uh, uh, big burger, a new one, and they cook it to order." 
to cook it, you know, and, and stuff. And by the time she'd finished talking about it, I wanted to turn around and go get one, okay? <laughs> so we feed ourselves upon the junk food around. And the same way with a Christian on their spiritual life. We feed ourselves many times on entertainment, you know, all evening. I, I, you know, think about it a minute. Obviously, you need to get prepared for Sunday morning service. You need to get prepared. And, you know, a lot of times even Christian entertainment or whatever it may be may not be just really hearing from the Lord. You know, I know God can speak through those times. But I want to tell you today, you need to get alone with the Lord. The old saints practice a discipline called solitude. They discipline themselves. And... Uh, uh, they sit before the Lord and listen, you know, what it's going to be like, you know, that one by mercy me. What's heaven going to be like? Will I dance before you, Jesus? Will I stand in your presence? Will I shout hallelujah? What, what is it like? Get, get silent. You got this earphone. You're listening. You're meditating on the word of God. Think about it here. Proverbs 27 says, He who is full loathes honey, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. You know, the finest steak over here at Texas Roadhouse, I don't want if somehow I filled up on junk food before I went in there. Now, I like a good steak. I love that. But you, you don't want it. You got filled up on something else. And when you're filled up on the things of the world, the entertainment of the world, and all these other busyness of the world, you're not going to want a steak. You're not going to want to hear the Word of God. You're not going to be hungry for the Word of God because you're already full. In 1 John chapter 2, don't love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For... That is of in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world's passing away. It is temporary. And you see, here's the problem. There's simply not enough room here in our finite beings for us to fill ourselves with the love of the world and also fill ourselves with the love of the Father. Not enough room. One will crowd out the other. That's why well, the Bible really says very, very adamantly, don't fill yourself with the, the love of the world. We don't. This is not our home. We need to take care of our spiritual life. We need to obviously hunger and thirst and ask God and seek Him and begin to crave Him. You know, uh, to, 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 it's like a holy desperation. A holy desperation that I'm desperate for the Lord. I'm not apathetic, which I mentioned last week. It's not a state of mind. It's a state of your heart where you just don't care anymore, and you go through the motions. And that's why we need revival. We need to be awakened to the presence of the Lord. We need His Spirit moving in this place, changing lives, bringing people to repentance, saving them, really saving them, true salvation, true repentance. And it only happens as God's people get hungry. And we'll partner with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will certainly uh, stir that hunger. David wrote in Psalm 84, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My, song, my soul longs, yes, even thanks for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. <clears throat> for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God 
than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. In other words, David has understood the value of corporate worship together. And that's why it says don't forsake the assembling yourselves together, but, but come back together, corporate worship. Come back so we can have our faith stirred. Psalm 27 says, One thing I've desired of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. I pray this prayer every day. Psalm 27, 4. That I may gaze, another translation, NIV says, that I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, may dwell with Him in His temple. That's my prayer every day that I may be. Because Jim Barclay will get off course in a heartbeat. But if I keep before me the one thing, the one thing I desire, this is what I seek. The only way you're going to keep that hunger going is have that one thing in your heart. Nothing will stir your appetite towards God like getting into His presence, meeting with Him, communion with, with Him. In His presence is the fullness of joy. And Psalm 24 says, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. I want to ascend that holy hill of the Lord. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Ask God to get just clean, cleanse him, cleanse you, because it breaks fellowship when we stumble, when we've drifted away from the Lord. He will have you return. Your sins are forgiven, yes. But sometimes that fellowship, we need to restore that fellowship. That's why we have times like this, isn't it? It's times when we come together and we look back, we reflect upon our lives. How did it go this past week? That's why I ask you. Remember, because uh, the, the Israelites forgot and they obviously lost their courage. They didn't want to walk with the Lord. They got obviously apathetic and they were going through the motions. I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want religion. I don't want a ritual. I don't want a form. I want His presence. I want his love. I want to experience him in my life every day of my life. But it comes and starts with a stirring, with a hunger. Because life is tough. The adversity that we face every day, the assaults that we have, the enemy comes against us and just bombards us with these things. We begin to seek the Lord and everything breaks loose. But let me tell you today, if you'll press on, there'll be a breakthrough on the other side. If you'll not give up, the Bible says that, that God will show up. Obviously, that's my expression of saying it. Don't give up. Persevere because perseverance actually works hope in your heart and hope does not disappoint us. Thank God. Close with these thoughts. How can we hunger and keep that hunger and thirst for righteousness? Obviously, keep asking the Holy Spirit to stir a hunger for more of God, a more of God here. You remember in Luke chapter 3 and 4 where it talks about Jesus' baptism. He's baptized in the River Jordan. The Holy Spirit, remember, came and, and landed on him as a dove. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit remained on Jesus all of his life, all his days while he was here. And so the Spirit of the Lord is there. The Holy Spirit came there and remained. Be willing, I want to encourage you, be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to change the environment around you. Why are we here? To give God the glory, right? But why are we here, obviously, even beyond that? We are here to testify to his goodness, whether it be a man that needs reconciliation for family members 
or, or whatever. Here we go. You know, I, I use Billy's example here because I, I so well on what I'm saying today. Uh, it's hot outside, Lord. Um, you know, we can come up with a lot of excuses. It's hot. Um, what if somebody say, if I say, can I pray for you? I mean, Walgreens, look at, what if I went up to somebody in Walgreens, I've always said this, or Walmart, or where we work, and, and you sense they're hurting. And what, what would they say if you said, can I pray with you? Can I, say a, can I pray with you? Let me tell you, the power of God is unlimited if we'll step out in faith. And it changed people's lives if we're willing to hunger and thirst and believe him and not back up. Jesus is baptized, remember? Remember what he said uh, there? Jesus, God told Jesus, he said, uh, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Remember what he said? What's the next thing that happened? He heard God's voice, the word of God. He, Jesus is the word of God. What's the next thing that happened right after he, kind of right after he heard the word of God? What happened? He was led into the desert, temptation, right? He was tempted. And what did the first thing the devil say to him? If you are the son of God, then turn these stones into bread, because I know you're hungry. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. And so, in other words, when you begin to move towards the Lord and you've received the word from the Lord, you've gotten into his word, and God has revealed his word to your heart, what can you expect to happen? If it happened to Jesus, it will happen to you and me. You will be challenged on it. Because when you hear the word of God, let me tell you, it's a place the enemy will try to come and bring conflict. That's why many times today is that we sometimes, we cannot discount the word of God. The word of God is the word of God. You and I read it. Just read it. Pick it up. I read something recently. They said, well, you know, if you're, you're having trouble finding time to, to have a little private time of worship and maybe just spend a little bit of time. Don't, don't try to bite off more than you can chew. Get along with God and begin to praise Him. Keep your Bible there and just thank Him. You sometimes sit there and say nothing and just say, I'm going to sit here in your presence, Lord, and sit. Because a lot of times we have a tendency to have a whole grocery list of things. And here we go. We're on a roll. Give me this, give me that, heal this, blah, blah. Nothing wrong with those. But there are times to sit in his presence and worship. Just listen and be refreshed. Watch God's going to refresh you. Some of you, you, in fact, the whole place is going to get refreshed when you do this. If you're willing to do this, you're going to get refreshed. Watch and see. And then, obviously, take the word, and you don't have to read a lot. You can take just a little bit, a section, and read and read it out loud under your breath. Watch what will happen. It's going to change your life. Don't try to take off more than what you can chew. Just, just start with a little bit. But remember, you hear the word of God. Jesus was tempted. If you are the son of God in the Garden of Eden, you know, uh, surely God didn't say that. Don't eat from that tree. Surely God didn't say that here, you see. The enemy will get you somehow to question what God has said. We need to protect what God has said. Has God spoken to you through a prophetic word in the past or through the word of God? 
then protect it. Get it back and believe it again. Ask God to bring it back up again, and you'll stand on it because the Word of God is powerful here. Protect it. Jesus said, all authority, I've said this, has been given to you, to me, and he delegates that. It means the devil doesn't have any unless we give it to him. In Mark chapter 7, I'm going to read this. Got a couple minutes. We'll close. Mark chapter 7. Listen to this. I believe personally, because I've been reading a book here recently, a friend of mine gave me, and the title of, uh, of the book is uh, 2,000 Years of Pentecostal Charismatic History. It's by a Pentecostal. And he goes all the way back to the founding fathers, the origin, Tertullian, and all that. And I've read many, many uh, writings by these men, uh, or some anyway. Their experiences with God, with the Holy Spirit. And he takes it 2,000 years, all right on up through different movements, right on up to the present day. In this chapter, Mark chapter 7, the traditions of the elders. Verse 1 says, The Pharisees and certain scribes who came from Jerusalem gathered around him. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread... Uh, with the file that is ritually unwashed hands they found fault for the Pharisees and all the Jews unless they wash their hands ritually do not eat keeping the tradition of the elders and when they come from the market unless they wash they do not eat and there are many other traditions which they have received and observed such as the washing of cups and pitchers and bronze vessels and, and dining couches here goes on to say Jesus is saying here that somehow by your tradition it's rendered the word of God ineffective. In other words, they raise their tradition above the pure milk of the word of God. And I believe this is where many, one of the reasons why the church in the United States of America is impotent is because we have placed traditions and the institutions of man before the pure power in the word of God. I believe that is one of the reasons. That's my opinion. But after reading and after studying all these years, I got a, I'm, I'm here. I've got kind of the bully pulpit, don't I? <laughs> but I believe it is one of them. Somehow God's got to turn this thing around. They were putting the traditions of man before the word of God here. Made it ineffective. In Matthew 13, I'll read this and then we'll close with this. And I'll tell you, when you don't guard the word of God, let me tell you, we're in for trouble. Matthew chapter 13, and it's going to be verse 55. Matthew 13, let's see if I can find it. Verse 55, here we go. When Jesus finished these parables, he departed from there. And when he came to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished. Listen, he's the word of God. Now, he is the word, but he's speaking the word of God. And they were astonished. And they said, where did this man get his wisdom and these mighty works? Is he not the carpenter's son? Is his mother not called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? 
and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then this, did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to him, to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own home. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. The danger we have is when we begin to feed on the questions. Did God really say this? Is that really for me today? And we begin to question more about these things and not somehow feed on His presence. According to this, the power left. The church has questioned the Word of God too long. We need God. I'm in a holy state of desperation. And I don't want to question anything God says. Because the danger of that is sliding into unbelief. And then we, the power's gone. Just like here. He couldn't do many miracles in his own town. When you pick up the word of God, read it and believe it. And you know what? It doesn't take a big, heavy-duty theologian to try to explain it. A child can, 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 can understand it and believe it. And those children, they walk in freedom. They don't care. They know they're going to be cared for. They know mom and daddy are going to take care of them. We come into it. And they said, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this Mary? I mean, come on. This can't be the Messiah. And they began to question the word of God, the word of God himself. And then the power left. He couldn't even do, Jesus couldn't even do miracles in the midst of the unbelief. And we're living today in a country of unbelief. We're living today in a country that has wandered from the truth, the pure milk of the Word of God. We have wandered away, and we've got to return. Believe in Him, no matter what. I pick the word up. If you don't agree with me and what I preach Sunday after Sunday, get into the word of God. I've told you, don't take my word for it. Open the word of God and look at what it says right here. You don't have to take a preacher's word for it. We got prosperity preachers out there. We've got name it, claim it. We got all types of things out there. Take the word of God for yourself and read it because we need God's power desperately today. We've got people. Kate Spade went out into eternity. I don't know if she was a Christian. Anthony Bordone or Dane, he went out into eternity. People are desperately looking for hope. They have none. They got a lot of money. They got a lot of stuff. But they don't have Jesus. They don't have the word of God in their hearts. We're in desperate need, church. My heart cries out. Because I realize, I know I look at it, and the first thing I say, did the person know Jesus? And it's happening all around. It's not just the celebrities. If you know Jesus, thank God right now for his salvation. If you know Jesus today, but ask him to stir a, a hunger and thirst for righteousness like you've never known before. The Spirit will do it. I know he will. He's really good. He's a gentleman. But man, I, he wants to do it a lot worse than we want him to do it. Happy 
or the starved? Are you starving to death? If you question the Word of God in certain places, because maybe this is the way we've been brought up. I was reading the Friends history. I was reading about George Fox and how this started this past week. I've been studying. I've done that over the years. His book of miracles. Let me tell you today, when this denomination called Quakers, let me tell you, they, they, they were moved by God's Spirit. And the power of God healed people, and they trembled. That's why we get the name Quakers. And I'm not saying you've got to have one experience versus another, but I'm telling you today, God better be real to you. And not just something we've learned as little children. I don't want to just go through that. What happened? What happened to the friends? What happened to the Baptists? What happened to the Pentecostals? We've got to get back. There's got to be a change in the church. But I believe that's coming, and there's going to be upheaval that we've never seen before. It's going to be changed around radically. And the, really, the question is, is God's people going to want to get in on what God's doing today? It's not going to be about man. It's not going to be a focus on man and man's control, because I believe that's what stopped the Spirit's power. Man got into a position of control and, and somehow denied the Spirit of God to be back into the church to, to orchestrate and to be the commander-in-chief overall. We wandered away from it. What happened? Ask God to examine your hearts. Let's pray together. Father, bless, just bless your word, not mine. Bless your word, and we praise you. Oh, Father, we need you desperately. And... Uh, I ask you, Lord, to change our hearts. And uh, what happened, Lord? Man uh, came in. Somehow our learnedness somehow trumped our childlike faith. And, Lord, we just don't want it anymore. Help us to be sensitive, but also to be radically obedient. No matter what you say. And, Lord, whatever changes you bring, we just pray that we be willing to humble our hearts and say, Lord, we need you desperately. And we don't want to go on in the same condition. We want to be made anew in that sense. And, yes, Lord, to walk in that, experience you in that. I love you, Lord. We praise you. We all love you. And we just pray today your, your blessing. We pray your anointing upon this church, your healing, your presence in a way. Because there are many people going through some real challenges because we've heard the word. The enemy has tried to get us to question. We are not going to question your word. We're going to believe it no matter what. And so, Lord, come. Speak to us. We praise you. This is just the beginning. We've had an hour and a half with you here today. But, Lord... This worship service is just beginning because when we leave here, I just believe the, the presence of the Holy Spirit is going to come and touch people all over. And when people get back to their, their homes, that, dear God, your presence is going to overwhelm them because you're doing something so good that I cannot, words cannot describe it. And we're forever grateful. We bless you. And we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.